Cabin Pressure by John Finnemore, starring Stephanie Cole as Carolyn, Roger Allen as Douglas, Benedict Cumberbatch as Martin, and John Finnemore as Arthur. This week, Ottery St. Mary. Here we are, chaps. Uh, chap, coffee for you, Douglas, and coffee for you to maybe have a bit later on, Douglas. Did you by any chance forget Martin wasn't flying today, Arthur? No, I didn't, actually. It's just I only know the amounts to make coffee for two people. You could just have made half what you usually make. Well, I couldn't, because I'd only know what to make half of once I've made it, and once I've made it, I've made it. <laughs> oh, well, fair enough, then. I didn't realise you'd addressed the problem scientifically. <laughs> Hello, Starbucks, Irish Sea. Douglas, it's Martin. Hello there. Enjoying your day off? No. Douglas, how long till you land? About half an hour. Why? Great. Is Arthur there? Well, not all there. <laughs> Hello, Skip. Well, this is weird, isn't it? Because normally when I'm here listening to someone on SATCOM, you're here too, listening to them. Only now you're there where they are, and I'm here where you usually are, and where I usually am, and am now, talking to you. You find Arthur in philosophical mood, Captain. <laughs> Arthur, I need you to help me. Brilliant, I love helping. Well, this is a big help, a very big help. No problem, Skip, I am a very big helper. Oh, well, Arthur, um, Douglas, are you still listening? I don't have an enormous amount of choice, Martin. <laughs> Can't you put your fingers in your ears? Well, heaven knows I'm not generally a stickler for safety procedures, but I'm not certain that's a good idea whilst flying an aeroplane. Fine. Arthur, I'm at Fitton Hospital. Oh, no, are you all right? No. I've sprained my ankle. Oh, dear. How did you do that? I was... Doesn't matter how. Martin. Look, it's a perfectly valid tool when teaching best safety practice to demonstrate the wrong way as well as the right way. <laughs> you twisted your ankle whilst teaching someone how not to twist their ankle. Anyway, Arthur, you know how, though I'm mostly a pilot, I'm also a bit of a man with a van? Yeah. Well, today, right now, actually, I'm supposed to be picking up a piano in Fitton and delivering it to a pub in Devon. I thought you could do that with a sprained ankle. No, Arthur, I can't. This is where the you-helping-me part comes in. My van is at the airfield, and the addresses and the spare van keys are in my pigeonhole. Spare van keys? Didn't we fly him to Amsterdam once? Douglas, shush. <laughs> Arthur, when you land, do you think that you could... Could, could, could you pick them up, find my van, pick me up at the hospital, drive me to fit and load a piano, and then drive me to Ottery St. Mary? Yeah, no problem. All right, bye. <laughs> really, Martin? Arthur? Is this wise? Hey! I, I know, I know, but I, I don't have a choice. Double hey, I can do it. Would it be worse for you to cancel the job or to rely on Arthur? Arthur? <laughs> to pick up and drive a piano? A piano. <laughs> 200 miles in a van. A van. Why shouldn't I? Because, Arthur, you're a clot. I'm not a clot. What's a clot? Well, you know the way that you are and the things that you do? Yeah. Those are the ways of a clot. Douglas, you're forgetting I'll be there with him the whole time supervising. Oh, then what can possibly go wrong? There's no one else to ask. No one? No. <clears throat> really? Would you? Well, I've nothing else to do today, and it's always useful to have someone owe you a colossal favour. Mm. But I can still come, right? Of course. 
Uh, really, Douglas? Oh, yes, I see my role as very much a managerial one, with perhaps a little light driving. If you want actual piano shoving done, we'll need a piano shover. Brilliant! <laughs> ah, yes? Oh, hello, you two. Hi, Mum. Uh, Gertie's all hoovered and locked up, so can I go to Devon? Devon? Yeah, and uh, Martin and Douglas are taking a piano to somewhere called, uh, what was it, um, Weasel's King Henry? <laughs> Hedgehog O'Brien. Ottery St. Mary. Yeah. And they've said I can come too. Can I go, Mum? Arthur, you are 29 years old. You don't need my permission to go to Devon. Is that a yes? Yes! <laughs> you won't be bored all day without me. I'll struggle through. Excellent. All right then, Arthur. You get the keys and addresses. I'll seek out the van. Hello? Herc Shipwright. Ah, oh, Huck, it's Carolyn Nat Shappy here. Are you still free today? Oh, hello. Yes, I am. Yes, well, to my great disappointment, various better offers have fallen through, and I am, in fact, reluctantly available for that luncheon dog walk you were nagging me about. <laughs> ah, yes, this is it. The laurels. Now, let me do the talking, all right? Of course. Right, so... Hello? Good morning, madam. I am Doug. This is Mart and Arth. <laughs> we are your man with a van, or rather, men with a van. Uh, uh, hello. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Ignore him. Uh, I'm Martin Kreef. We're from Icarus Removals. Oh, right. You're here for the piano. Icarus? Yes, that's right. You do know what happened to Icarus. <laughs> it's in here. Wipe your feet. Thank you very much. Of course I do. So... You've deliberately named your company after the first bad pilot in history. <laughs> Shut up. Here it is. Aha. Oh, not bad. She'll be wasted in a pub. Wow, Douglas, that's amazing. Oh, now do those magnificent men in their flying machines. Absolutely not. Oh, but it's my favourite. Anyway, I don't know how it goes. Yeah, you must do. Um, up, down, flying around, looping the loop and defying the ground. Uh, if anything, I now know how it goes even less. <laughs> but I can do you a little Chopin. Yes, thank you, Douglas. This lady wants us to move it, not show off on it. Oh, I don't mind. Isn't he good? <laughs> You're too kind. Actually, uh, we're, we're on rather a tight schedule. Yes, seven hours to drive 200 miles. Every second counts. Douglas, please. Certainly, Icarus. All right, Arthur, snap to it. Arthur provides the brawn of our little operation, madam. I, you may not be entirely surprised to learn, am the brains. He doesn't look very brawny. True, but that's nothing compared to how much he's not brainy. <laughs> and what's he for? Martin, ah... Martin here has perhaps the most important thing of all. What's that? A van. <laughs> Hello, Carolyn. Oh, there you are. You're late. We didn't set a time. You're later than I imagined you'd be. And you clearly don't have a very vivid imagination. <laughs> Hello, darling. Did you hear the silly late man? Oh, hello. What a ridiculous dog. I'm sorry? I said you have a ridiculous dog. My dog is not ridiculous. Then whose dog is this? <laughs> Hello there. What is she? She is a cockapoo. Oh, 
A cockapoo. Obviously, I'd never have called her ridiculous had I known she was a cockapoo. It is a cross between a poodle and... Cockatoo? A cocker spaniel. And she's not ridiculous. She happens to be a noble and faithful hound. Mm-hmm. What's she called? Doesn't matter. What? Her name is not important. Right. I thought we'd have lunch first, then walk after. Oh, I'd rather walk first. Work up an appetite. Fine. I'll see you when you finally get to the pub, then. I'll be the one looking full. All right. Are we ready to go? Yes. Yep. Jolly good. Pre-driving to Devon checklist, Captain. Doors. Closed. Seatbelts. On. Piano. Checked. Piano. Cross-checked. Jelly babies. Mm. Jelly babies to manual. Excellent. Then off we go. I, um, I, I would have helped with the loading, you know, but it's only this, this ankle. is Quite all right. We managed. I'm impressed you got the owner to do so much of the lifting. <laughs> yes, she had a sort of wiry strength for her age. <laughs> I didn't know you could play the piano, Douglas. Well, you remember that time when there was that thing you didn't know whether or not I could do, and then it turned out that I couldn't? No. No, nor do I. <laughs> what? Uh, nothing. It's just a, uh, a bit close to that Volvo. Martin. No, 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 don't bite my head off, but the van's probably wider than you're used to driving. I am used to driving an aeroplane. <laughs> Not on the A46. Yellow car. <laughs> what? Nothing. Just yellow car. Why did you say yellow car? There was a yellow car. Why did you say yellow car? You've got to say yellow car when there's a yellow car. Why? That's how you play yellow car. I'm not playing yellow car. You're always playing yellow car. And how, though I fear I can guess, does one play yellow car? Right, well... Imagine you're driving along. We are driving along. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now you look at the cars as they come along in the other direction, and they're, they're all different colours. So, uh, for instance, now, uh, that one's white, that one's blue, that one's a sort of metally grey. And when you see a yellow car, you say, yellow car. How did you know? <laughs> a wild stab in the dark. And then what? You start again. So how does it end, this game? Never ends. <laughs> That's very much what I feared. Are you ready to order? Uh, yes, I think so. I'll, um, I'll have the mushroom and aubergine risotto. Oh. You mean, uh. You've seen they have proper food here as well. <laughs> Nevertheless. Any starter? Greek salad, please. Oh, don't tell me you're a vegetarian. I will tell you that because I am one. And for you, madam? That's very disappointing. Why on earth? Carolyn... All through human history, we've been wrong about equality, and we thought we were right. All men are equal, except slaves, obviously. Oh, no, wait. All men are equal, except black ones, obviously. No, no, wait. All people are equal, except women, obviously. Look, are you not at all curious about what we're still getting wrong? And don't you think there's a good chance it's all lives are equal, except animals, obviously? That's an eloquent argument. Thank you. I mean, it's childish, specious, and the bit where you compare animal rights with universal suffrage is frankly offensive, <laughs> but it's superficially eloquent. Shall I come back? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm ready. I'll have the rack of lamb. And to start? The white bait. Certainly. And out of interest, about how many white bait do you get in the serving? About 30, madam. 
Gosh, imagine that. Thirty little lives on a plate. <laughs> yum, yum. Okay, so as long as we average at least 11 miles an hour, we should get to Ottery St. Mary by six. Well, it's a punishing pace, but I think I'm up to it. What's it called, that then, Skip? What? Ottery St. Mary. I have no idea. Do you know, Douglas? Yes. Do you? Certainly I do. You see, St. Mary is the patron saint of Devon, and she, of course, was famously martyred by being eaten alive by otters. Really? Oh, yes. Rabid otters. So she's always portrayed in pictures absolutely covered in otters. By eating her? Sometimes in the more fire and brimstone churches, Elsewhere, the assumption is they're all in heaven now and have made up, so they're just shown milling about her, nuzzling her affectionately, and offering her ottery kisses <laughs> and gifts of haddock. Douglas. Why would the otters go to heaven if they ate a saint? You put your finger, Arthur, as is so often your way, on the crux of a thorny theological problem. <laughs> So far, our best guess is simply that St. Peter's got a real soft spot for otters. He looks into those whiskery faces and goes, You guys. I can't stay mad at you. And lets them into heaven. So heaven is full of otters. More than you can possibly imagine. So in your case, Arthur, probably about 12. Hey, I can imagine loads of otters. Really? How many? A million. You see, I don't think you can. I don't think anyone can. I can. I'm doing it now. Wow! <laughs> no, you're just imagining a lot of otters and then saying that's a million. I don't think anyone can actually genuinely imagine more than about 20 otters at a time. Oh, come on. I mean, I could definitely imagine 100 otters. Mm, me too, yellow car. <laughs> All right, how much space do they take up? Uh, could you, for instance, get a hundred otters on board Gertie? Yes, I reckon you could. And is it a jam-packed RSPCA nightmare of a plane? Or are the otters lounging in relative comfort? Well, OK, there's, uh, there's 16 seats, so say two to a seat. They're good friends, these otters? <laughs> Let's hope so. And one in each overhead compartment? Always remembering to open them with care, because otters may have shifted during the flight. And uh, one under each seat? Yes, good thinking. Oh, but that's where the life jackets are. That's all right. Otters can swim. <laughs> now, how many in the galley? Uh, four on the floor, two on the worktops. Well, it depends. Are we carrying Carolyn and Arthur? To wait on the otters? <laughs> I think that would be an indulgence, frankly. I think we'd be better off replacing them with more otters. I'd be better off replacing Arthur with an otter anyway. Hey! <laughs> So, 32 in the seats, 16 in the overhead lockers, 16 under the seats, 6 in the galley. 15 in the hold? Oh, 20, easily, and 6 or 7 in the aisle. Call it 7. That's what, 97, and 3 in the flight deck, 100. Brilliant! No, not in the flight deck. <laughs> Hypothetically. I don't care how hypothetical it is, I'm not flying with a live otter in the flight deck. I don't see why not. Historically, very few hijackings have been carried out by otters. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't think the Civil Aviation Authority would be too keen on the idea. To be quite honest with you, Captain, I don't think there's a whole lot about this plane full of unsupervised otters the CAA is going to love. Come on!
on, you're lagging again. I'm not lagging. I'm walking at about twice a normal human pace. This is why you need protein, you see, otherwise you lag. Look, I'll tell you who isn't lagging. Your ridiculous dog. What? Oh, come back. Here. Here. Why don't you call her? I am calling her. Bad girl, come here. Why don't you call her by name? Here. I hope that little girl likes dogs. Come here now. Oh, dear, I don't think she does. Well, not anymore, anyway. Snoop-a-doop, here. <laughs> Snoop-a-doop. Good girl, shut up. This is better than I dared hope. Arthur Mentor. Snoop-a-doop the cockapoo, noblest of hounds. Couldn't we fit a couple in the loo? What? Otters. Ah, yes. Brilliant, Skip. So, uh, how many is that? Ninety-nine. Oh, we've got to get to a hundred. Oh, services, can we stop? Oh, for surely you can't need to go again. No, I don't. I just really like motorway services. <laughs> it's like a little gang of shops that have gone on holiday together. No, we can't. Why not? We've got hours and hours to spare. Not to spare, to be safe. We're not stopping. Oh. I know, life is tough. Now, make yourself useful. I'm already useful. Make yourself even usefuler. There's a map thingy on my phone. Type in the address. Which address? The Gettysburg address, Arthur. <laughs> Which one do you think? The address we're delivering this piano to. Oh, right, yes. What is it? Give me strength. The address on the envelope you picked up from Martin's pigeonhole at the airfield. Right. <laughs> Now, I know how you're going to be, but remember, you also asked me to pick up the van keys. Arthur? Half the job was picking up the van keys, and that part I did brilliantly. Oh, God. Arthur, you clot. Douglas, why did you get him to pick it up? You know he's a clot. Not a clot. I didn't know he was that much of a clot. I mean, he more or less manages to feed and dress himself. I assumed he could pick up a piece of paper ten seconds after being told to. But you were wrong. Look, look it's all right. We can phone them and get their address. On which number should we phone them? We can get the number from directory inquiries. And what should we give directory inquiries to get the number? Well, the address. <laughs> right. Back to the airfield. Carolyn, it's this way. No, it's this way. It is not, Carolyn. I have a pilot's excellent sense of direction. I have a map. I have GPS on my phone. And I am standing by a signpost. And all of us agree that it's this way. And you're all wrong. This is a shortcut. Come on. No, I don't want to. Why not? Well, it's, it's muddy and, and hilly and there's sheep everywhere. So? I don't like sheep. You don't have to like them. You just have to walk past them. I don't want to walk past them. Hercules, are you frightened of sheep? No. No, I'm not. No. Uh, Stop it. Ah, you're frightened of sheep. You're frightened of little woolly barlams. No, no, I am not. Little barlams I can take in my stride. It's big, mean, hooved, horned beasts that I don't like. Uh, it is not funny. If I can just pick you up on a small point there, Herc, it is the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's not, actually. Why do people always react like this? Yes. Although, of course, now, now I understand the vegetarianism. You fear reprisals. The midnight raid on your house, 12 balaclava dews with a thirst for revenge, a jar of mint sauce and a murderously sharp sprig of rosemary. See you back in the car. Okay, it's fine. Uh, this is what the built-in time was built in for. So, suppose we get back to the airfield at, what, uh, five, turn straight around, yellow car, back on the M5 by... Martin, Martin, are you playing yellow car? 
No. Why did you say yellow car? I just happened to see one. Why did you say yellow car? I'm not playing it. I just wanted to say it before Arthur. That is what playing it is. Fine, and I'm playing it, and I won. Yellow car, yellow car, yellow car. Well, you're really good. I missed all of those. <laughs> all right, now you two stay here. I'll go in and get it. Hmm. Whose is that green Mercedes? Well, I don't know. It's nice, isn't it? Let's have a look. There's someone in it. Hello, Douglas. Herc, what on earth are you doing here? I'm dropping Carolyn home, but she wanted to pick something up from the office on the way. She's inside now. If you want to speak to her. What do you mean, dropping her home? Is she all right? She's fine. Home from where? We've been for a walk. A walk. That's right. You came all the way here to go for a walk with Carolyn. Well, and lunch. Oh, good lord. And what have you done with your wife? I'm not married. Divorced, I take it. Of course. How many times? Four. You? Just the three. <laughs> oh, you old romantic. Right. Well, I'll leave you to it. Goodbye. Cheerio. Arthur, quick! Help me get the piano out of the van. Why? Just do it. All right, Herc. I found it. Let's go. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Douglas. When the moon seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. Why am I constantly beset by pilots who think they're funny? Oh, hello, Carolyn. Fancy seeing you here. I'm ignoring you. You are being ignored. I am getting in the car. Bells will ring, ting-a-ling-a-ling, ting-a-ling-a-ling, and you'll sing me to Bella. That was brilliant, Douglas. Now, now, do those magnificent men in their flying machines? No. Oh. Right, I've given him a call. He says he'll be there till seven, so we can just make it as long as Douglas. Why have you got the piano out? Just giving it an airing. Get it back in the van. All right, all right. Come on, Arthur. Okay, okay. Can I have the keys? You already have the keys. No, I don't. I gave them back to you. No, Arthur, you didn't. You have the keys. I, I don't. I don't. Then you've locked them in the van. No, I absolutely, definitely gave them to you. Except that I don't remember taking them, and I don't have them. So one of us has made an incredibly stupid mistake. Which one of us does that sound more like? <laughs> that sounds more like me. Because you're a what? A clod. A clot. A clot. <laughs> and a clod. So what are we going to do? It's five already. If we call a locksmith, we'll never make it. Douglas, you know a trick. I'm afraid breaking into transit vans is a little outside my sphere. Well, think of something. Well, we may no longer be men with a van, but we are at the airfield, and therefore we are, as usual, men with a plane. <laughs> Bristol, Golf Tango, India. Request permission for passage through your airspace for three men and a flying piano. Golf Tango India, please state intended next waypoint and key signature. Exmoor in F sharp. Accepted. Coffee, chaps, and I've had a brilliant idea. Yes. The fridge in the galley. I was just looking at it. I reckon if you turned it off and took the shelves out, you could get an otter in it. Do you know what? I think you're right. 
gentlemen, we have hit our otter target. Hooray! Martin, you were quite right. You can imagine a hundred otters. Thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, chaps. Yes? Sorry, um, it's probably obvious because I'm a clot, but um, when we land, how are we getting the piano from the airfield to the pub? Oh. Ah. Chaps, nearly halfway there. Terrific. I really wish I could push too. It's just this stupid ankle. I'm, I'm really, really grateful for all of your help. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. He didn't mean you. What, I helped? You lost the address and locked the keys in the van. In what way precisely did you help? Well, you wouldn't be able to push the piano without me. We wouldn't have to push the piano without you. Oh. Well, I was the one who thought of putting an otter in the fridge. True. In that respect, you were invaluable. Chaps, we do only have ten minutes left, so if you can go any faster at all... Uh, 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 yellow car. Shut, Shut up! <laughs> and in racing green, Herc, honestly. I'd have more respect for you if you'd gone for bright red. At least then you're saying, yes, I'm having a midlife crisis. Who wants to make something of it? <laughs> Racing green fools no one. If I may just interrupt the flow of ignorant bile for a moment. Which house is it? Oh, here, by the tree. Well, thank you for today, anyway. My pleasure. Sorry if I was a bit... Uh, no, no, you weren't at all. Soppy. Oh, no, you weren't at all. <laughs> but I, I didn't always have an entirely awful time. Good, I think. Nor did I. Right. We'll do this again, then? Oh, good Lord, no. <laughs> no, next time, opera. No, absolutely not. Yes, absolutely yes. I endured your ridiculous dog and the gruesome sight of you inhaling a shoal of fish. <laughs> now it's your turn to endure some of the most sublime music ever created by man. I won't like it. I'm not remotely interested in whether you'll like it. <laughs> also, you will like it. Well, I'll let you know. Yes? Mr. Hardy, Icarus removals. Ah, just in time. I was about to go. Bloody hell, what happened to those two? We have been pushing your piano. What? That's no way to treat it. Where have you been pushing oh, only it? Only from our van. Where is your van? We parked it round the corner. Oh, why so, you... if you'd care to sign here, sir. Hold your horses. Let's take a look at it. Oh, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, yep, that's fine. Let's just check in here. Oh, everything all right? Well, yes, but what are these doing on the keys? What? <laughs> oh, Douglas, the van keys. Ah, yes. Well, that's good. You must have closed the lid on them, Douglas, when you finished playing to Mum. So it seems. Still, <laughs> after Arthur gave them back to you. Like I said I gave them back to you. Yes. Oh, Douglas. <laughs> you clot! That was Cabin Pressure by John Finnamore. It starred Stephanie Colbert as Carolyn, Roger Allen as Douglas, Benedict Cumberbatch as Martin, and John Finnamore as Arthur. It also starred Anthony Head as Herc, Flip Webster as the Lady from the Laurels, and Ewan Bailey as Mr. Hardy. The producer was David Tyler, and the program was a positive production for the BBC. Up, down, flying around. Looping the loop and defying the ground. There, oh, I.
together. Frightfully keen. Those magnificent men. Those magnificent men. Those magnificent men in their flying machines. What will happen to our Olympic sites after the Games? You and yours follows the news.